The Gator Men's Basketball Podcast is on the air from the CJC on the campus of the University of Florida. It's the next generation of Gator sports media personalities bringing you the latest in Gator sports, courtesy of the Orange and Blue Sports Network. It's your Gators Men's Basketball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Gator Men's Basketball Podcast. My name is Nick Diaz alongside my co-host, Cooper Bates. And uh, let's just jump right into it, right? So the Gators coming off a big loss on the road to Bama in Tuscaloosa. Gators moved to 18-8, and 8-5 eight, eight and five in the SEC play. One game back of Auburn for that four seed. Cooper, what are your thoughts on how that game went down? Yeah, I mean... As a whole, it's hard to really be upset with that performance from the Gators. I mean, a five-point loss on the road to the number 13 team in the country, it, it's, it, it's, you don't want moral victories, but it's hard for that game to feel like a loss given that so many great teams struggle to win on the road in college basketball. So the fact that Florida had a 10-point lead with about eight minutes to go and then weren't quite able to hold on. But then even after sending the game into OT, they go down seven. They bring the, the game back. They go, they're down one late in OT. And then they get them – instead of fouling, they elected to play out the rest of the shot clock and give themselves about eight seconds left if there's a miss. And then they, they get the miss that they needed, and then ball gets deflected off of an offensive rebound, bounces off the corner of the backboard – and then goes straight to an Alabama player for a layup. So just a bad bounce there. You really that's just that's just the game sometimes. But as a whole, it was it was really impressive to see the team play that good on the road. Um Clayton and Poland played a lot of minutes this game. Really this I I don't think this is a winning formula going forward, but Poland played forty three minutes, Clayton played forty Neither of them were super efficient. Granted, they, their volume was higher than normal. Clayton took 24 shots. He took 16 threes in this one. He ended up finishing with 27 points. They both played well overall, but it's really interesting to see that Riley Kugel only played three minutes. They actually elected to play Denzel Aberdeen 10 minutes, but they really only gave Clayton and Pullen about five minutes eight minutes of rest altogether. So, I mean, it's it's just interesting to see that Kugel, a guy that was preseason All-SEC first team, a guy that they've gone to off the bench this year, as just – I think they found a formula that was working in the game, and they were going and, and putting two bigs on the floor at the same time, whether it was Tyree Samuel and Micah Hanlogged in or Samuel and Condon or Hanlogged in and, and – Samuel, either way, um, they pretty much were having Poland, Clayton, and Richard on the floor at all times with two bigs on the floor. So overall, it was a good fight. Bama on the Bama at home is just even Florida. So many of the best teams, if you look at their home records, they they all have less than two losses at home. So again, it's tough that Florida bl- really blew another lead a game that they looked like they were in control of for the most part in the second half, having that double-digit lead and then the momentum just being a little bit too much in the end. But 
overall, this experience will come back and, and help the Gators. They've been in a lot of different situations this year. They've been on the other side where they were down 10 with not that much time to go and were able to rally and win at Kentucky on the road. They've blown, lead, they've blown even bigger leads than this. They've had 20-point leads that they squandered against Georgia and LSU. So the reality is that there's no do-overs when it comes down to NCAA tournament time, and you want your team to have as much experience and faced as many situations as possible. So even though the Gators came out with a loss in this one, I think it, it was just it's, it's another very competitive performance. And even though the results haven't always been there for the Gators in the end, this is a team that has been trending in the right direction all year. They've really only had one non-competitive, two non-competitive games in the SEC, and that came at the beginning of conference play against Tennessee on the road and against Ole Miss on the road. But other than that, really, the last nine to ten games, there haven't been that many teams playing better than Florida overall. Yeah, Florida moves to three and five on the road. You talked about it. The best teams don't have more than two losses at home. Florida eleven and one. And yeah, you know, it was it was a great effort. It was a game you think you'd like to see Florida pull out after that great win against Georgia just, just a couple games ago. Came back from down eleven in that one. Florida came into the Bama game, ranked twenty fourth. In the AP poll, we'll see where this loss leaves them. I don't think it will drop them out of the top 25. Clearly, they proved they were a top 25 team in that game against Bama. And talking about that Riley Kugel kind of benching, it is weird. You know, he plays three minutes. You play Clayton 40, pulling 43. Will Richard, 39 minutes. But then again, Florida was up. A comfortable amount all game. You're looking at five, five to eight points all game. Just really lost it there at the end. It's like you said, it's a good experience. And it reminds me a lot of these close games that Florida's had throughout the season where they've kind of really collapsed there near the end, unable to close things out. They've done better closing at games out as of late. But just going forward, you have just about five games left in the season. You're going to play Bama again at home. And it just all starts with, with how you come together as a team. And I'm not sure how this benching will do for Kugel's mental. We know earlier in the season there was an issue with that after the Ole Miss game. So we'll see where that leaves him. But backtracking a little bit, after that huge win against Auburn at home, Florida came in, beat LSU at home in a close one, nearly blew that game, but came out with it. And then they played against the Georgia Bulldogs, swept the season series against them, got the win 88-82. to Walter Clayton led the team with 21 points. Not surprising. Coop, what did you like from Florida in that game specifically that you'd like for them to take into the next game against Vanderbilt? Um... I would just say it was a game that they didn't start well in. Uh, Thomason for Georgia was lighting it up early. He ended up finishing with 26. And defense, th th this has been a problem all year for Florida. We, we know that they can score the ball, but it is concerning going forward, especially the closer we get to March. 
that they have really – I mean, they allow a lot of points. Um, it seems like someone on the opposing team is always having their best game. I don't know if that's just because Florida personnel-wise, it just doesn't have great defenders, but – it's been an issue all year, and obviously there's going to be more possessions in the game for the other team because Florida plays at such a fast tempo, and they get so many shots off and so many second chances. So naturally there's just going to be more possessions for the other team to score. So it's not surprising to see some of these high scores, but that is concerning. But in this game specifically, it was interesting to see that a guy like Thomas Houck, who has really been a role player for the team all year. He was able to give the team 17 points and seven rebounds in this one. He made three threes. He hadn't shot great from the three-point line all year, but you can at least see when he shoots the ball, he looks like he has good touch. Um, And he was able to go three for four in this one, six six of nine from the field overall. So I don't know if he'll give the Gators another game like that, but... It's just good to see that if they need if they need role players to step up like Hauk, like Con and Kugel struggled in this one as well. So I don't know if the the coaching staff may have seen something in the Georgia game that made them feel like he needed to just sit down for a game, and that's why they went the direction they went in against Alabama, or if that was just specific to that game. But Kugel was only two for ten in this one. Um, but yet, yeah, but to go back about Thomas Hauk, he's really been more of a glue guy, a guy that will give you a, a deflection or a steal or a rebound here or there. His, num- his, his impact doesn't often show up on the box score, but in this one he was pretty much the reason that the Gators won. Also alongside Clayton having a nice game, Pullen was, was pretty much his vintage self. But, yeah, it was a game that they started down early, and then a lot of times on the road when te- when – the home team gets off to a big start, it's easy for it to just snowball and it to just get out of control. Similar to what happened with Florida against Auburn. Florida started the game up 8-0, 9-0, and then it just snowballed from there and it ended up being a 20-point win. So it was good to see that the team was able to show some fight on the road after Georgia got off to a big start. I think they made, Thomason especially made, I think, his first five shots, but they hardly missed on their first it felt like seven to ten possessions so but the Gators just stayed the course pretty much throughout the game and they didn't shoot great and they made they went nine of 24 from three as a team but it was just they just grinded this one out it was just a very gritty performance and any road Georgia had been coming off of I think five or six straight losses so it felt like a little bit of a trap game for Florida but they really handled themselves well on the road in this one. Yeah, it really looked like a game that, that Florida was supposed to win, and that's really Florida's strength is being able to not lose the games you're supposed to win. We haven't seen one of those big losses all year. If I'm correct, Florida's undefeated in in quad quad uh, quad two and three mm-hmm. games. Quad one, not so much. I think they have two wins now, but, you know, there it is. And now, after that, after that loss to Bama, Florida will come back home to take Vanderbilt tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m. There's a there's a Vanderbilt team that has not had the best season. They're seven and nineteen, two and eleven in the conference. Florida should 
win this one pretty handedly. This should be a nice tune-up for the next couple games on the schedule, which do get tough. They take on Missouri, then they have 20th-ranked South Carolina at South Carolina, and then they take on Bama at home before finishing off the season once again against Vanderbilt. Cooper, what is the X factor for Florida coming in and taking care of business at home versus the Commodores? Um, I think it's it's important that the team's coming back home after a tough loss on the road, um, especially given the fashion of the loss being kind of a deflating loss in the sense that the Gators really were in control in the second half and then just a late Alabama surge was too much for them. But I would say that there's there's not there's not a whole lot to it. I mean, the formula has pretty much been laid out for this team all year. They want to run up and down the floor. You see every time Zion Pullen gets the ball off of an inbound or off of a rebound when they outlet it to him, he is looking to score every single time. He's looking to push the ball, and he if he can't score within the first six seconds, if he can't just go and get a layup himself or pitch it to someone else for an open shot, then the Gators were going to reset and run their offense. But I would say it's it's interesting to see what the situation is like with Kugel. I would expect him to get his his normal dose of minutes and volume in this game, given that Vanderbilt is not the same caliber of team as someone like Alabama, and then a team like Georgia on the road was also a tougher matchup. But I would expect them to go back to him. There's, I would be shocked if we see another game all year, especially at home against an inferior team where Clayton and Will Richard and Poland are all upwards of 40 minutes playing in that game. So um, it's th- th- this team is pretty much eight deep. Aberdeen plays every now and then, um, but it's, the, the team is pretty much eight deep, and they know who they are. They, they know what their identity is. You would like to see more stops defensively. I would hope that this could be a game where the, the Gators really lock in defensively, and show that they're, they, they're more than just a team that can score the ball, but that they can also get stops. So it just, it's, it's another game to build on. Um, there's, no, there's no guaranteed wins in the SEC, even though Vanderbilt is among one of the last teams in the conference. So they better come to play because Vanderbilt, especially teams that are desperate late in the season, they don't have a lot of wins on their on their resume, and they're looking to build some momentum going into the SEC tournament where, at this point, they're going to pretty much have to win it in order to to get a, a postseason berth or get an NCAA tournament berth. But I would say for this game, especially against Vanderbilt, it would be nice to see the Gators really lock down on defense and have a game where, obviously, they, they have so many possessions, like I said earlier, that it's the stats are, are going to be inflated sometimes, but it would be nice to see them hold a team to less than 60 or 70 points. Yeah, that would be great to see from Florida. And if you're Vanderbilt and you want to come in and, and get arguably your best win of the season against Florida, I think it all starts with Ezra Mangin, the senior out of California, averaging 14 points on the season. The last win Vanderbilt had, he had 19 points against Texas A&M. 
and in their not in their last two losses, he's had underneath 15, 12 and six. So if you're Vanderbilt, you got to get him going and hope the rest of the pieces fall in with each other. Now, going to the SEC tournament that kicks off in just a couple weeks, Florida currently sitting at the five seed. So right now they would have a first round bye. But we cannot stress the importance of sneaking in to that top four. Florida's currently one game back of Auburn and South Carolina. We mentioned they have a game against 20th ranked South Carolina coming up. A win there would be crucial. And it all starts with the win against Vanderbilt. Now, moving to the NCAA tournament, where the selection day is just also a couple weeks away. Florida, as currently projected, will be a seventh seed. Cooper, is that is that a spot you would like to see Florida in, or do you think they could up that seeding a bit with a couple wins here late in the season? I think they'll certainly have an opportunity still to get higher than a seven. I think that if they would have beat Alabama, there would have been a serious argument for the Gators to go as high as a four seed, given that they just got put at 24 in the rankings with a win. That would have been an elite win. That would have been as as good of a win as you could ask for in the country to beat a team like Alabama on the road, who's so tough to beat at home. But with that loss there, the, the Gators certainly didn't hurt themselves. They'll still remain. They were a seven seed before the game, and then according to Joe Lenardi, for the for bracketology, they stayed at a seven seed. So the the Gators really weren't hurt by that game at all. I would say actually they might have even helped themselves, showing that they could play in a setting like that and force that game into overtime. But like you mentioned, South Carolina on the road is really the game to look at. Because, like we mentioned earlier, there's no guarantees, so the Gators need to take care of business against Vanderbilt and Missouri. But that game against South Carolina has a lot at stake because South Carolina is currently sitting at third in the SEC. They're tied with Auburn. And like Nick mentioned, it's uber important to to get that top four spot in the SEC because then the top four seeds all get double buys and they start in the quarterfinals. Whereas if Florida was a fifth seed, they would have to play an extra game. They would have to win four games to win the SEC tournament compared to starting in the quarterfinals if they finished as a top four seed and only having to win three games. So that's pretty much an extra game difference in the grand scheme of things if Florida's able to get in that top four range compared to being on the outside. So they have the tiebreaker over Auburn. Auburn is a game ahead in conference. So... That, that has them at the four spot, but they've still got some games left on their schedule that, that are going to be tough for them. But South Carolina is, is the game really to look at for the rest of the season. There's also Alabama at home, which will, I'm, I'm sure the team is glad to be able to have that game, to be able to play them again in two weeks at home. Um, but South Carolina on the road, there's just going to be so much on the line there because whoever gets that tiebreaker is looking like they're probably in the driver's seat to get in that top four and be able to be in that quarterfinal spot rather than having to play an extra game in the SEC tournament. So there's still a lot of left to play for still a lot left to play for. Even if Florida isn't able to get into that top four, even if they were to drop that game at home against Alabama, long term, this is still a team that if I'm a one seed or a two seed, let's say Florida does lose 
to both South Carolina and Alabama. They might drop to an 8 or 9 seed. Maybe they pick up a win or they just straight up lose in the first game in the SEC tournament. This is a team that even as an 8 or 9 seed, I would not want to see as a top seed in the NCAA tournament just because they have so much offensive upside. And we see so often in college basketball that offense doesn't come easy. And there's a lot of elite defensive teams, which is is nice, but there's not that many teams that are able to win in shootouts like Florida can, which in my eyes makes them a candidate for someone that could have a big upset and knock off one of these top seeds in the NCAA tournament. So they have one, two, three, four, five games left in the regular season, and then it'll be on to SEC tournament play after that. But I think if you're Todd Golden, you have to be really happy with where the team is at right now, even though that Alabama loss could have potentially catapulted Florida into a chance to win the entire SEC regular season. It didn't happen, and now Florida's looking at more of a top-four spot in the SEC instead. You still have to be proud of this team, I think, given what it looked like, especially after the first few conference games. Kentucky, they had on the ropes, didn't win that one. They got blown out by Ole Miss, came back and beat Arkansas, but then also got blown out by Tennessee. So it was just a 1-3 and start for the Gators to, to begin conference play. And then for them to win six out of the next seven with one point loss on the road coming against Texas A&M, and then the other loss after the, after winning six out of seven coming against 13th-ranked Bama, who's probably in line for a top three seed coming to, to them on the road. It's just the team's in a very good place, I think. And like I said, it, it really is a team that has some serious upside in March. Yeah, Coop, you said it. Florida currently is third in the SEC in points per game, averaging 85.1. And you also stressed the importance of that game against South Carolina and then against Alabama. It's going to be difficult, especially against Alabama. The top three seeds on the road all have above 500 records. So it's going to be tough for Florida, but it all starts against Vanderbilt tomorrow afternoon. We'll be back next week to talk about that. We thank you for joining us on the Gator Men's Basketball Podcast, and we'll see you next week.